Welcome gamers, this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, we're in episode number 147. Today is September 11th. Hey, always remember, my name is Craig Prowlis and this is Mandrew Montemayor. How are we? I'm actually doing pretty great. Today's been a very good day. Uh, NFL games, unfortunately, Patriots lost. Hit up the pool for a bit. Hey, how long were you there for? Uh, probably only like an hour, hour and a half, but it was really nice. It was like 113 out today. Right when I was texting you, you were at the pool for... Okay, I thought you were maybe spending all day there catching that fucking tan. No, no. Even <laughs> when I go, I don't like spending all day there. I only like going for maybe like two, three hours like tops. Especially two weeks after like you get tattooed. I don't know if you ever notice it, but my ink like really draws in the sun. So I get burned a lot easier now. I bet. Yeah, so Eagles won the game that I was watching and... Uh, yeah, I had some pretty mediocre Arby's today. That, like, I think you heard my stomach gurgling earlier. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna. This gonna be. A, this life's not gonna end very well for me. So, I'm glad if it was anyone, it's you. Though. <laughs> yeah, if anyone, it deserves to be me. So, guys, thank you for joining us. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, hit that notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on any of our social medias, check out our Linktree link, which is in the description. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, uh, check us out wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. But Anchor is the home, and from there, you can actually support this show and help us grow a little, no? Please share us and help us hit that 10K. Like that's I don't know why that's been our biggest goal for like the longest time that... I could probably die happy after that. If anything, I'll die when we hit 10K. <laughs> it's moving pretty, pretty and fast. And then quit there. the show. There you go. Yeah, and I'll be looking for replacements all week. So um, before Andrew and I dive into our main topic, we like to do, what are you up to? We take a minute to talk about anything we've been playing, anything we've been watching, kind of catch each other up with that. So Andrew. I actually um, want you to go first. You'd like me to go first? So yes. what I watched is, um, and I think this is when the, the power was out because we had a big, massive storm hit yeah, um, our did. town and everybody lost power so i had um my my netflix was able to, i had movies downloaded on my tablet so i watched um this is 40 which is the romantic comedy from 2012 starring paul rudd and leslie mann who were playing pete and debbie which are their same characters um from knocked up and i remember liking knocked up i remember thinking it was a, it was a pretty was funny, funny movie this is 40 and maybe i'm alone in this dude i thought it was hilarious like i was actually legit laughing uh the shit was completely funny it's all about them kind of you know obviously becoming 40 and uh, like all the trials and errors that comes with trying to run a healthy marriage but still having two kids and the kids are surprising i thought i was gonna hate them dude they're hilarious and the kids are actually in real life the director judd apatow and leslie mann's kids uh playing their kids in this uh movie dude uh megan fox is in it and i've always thought they were kind of flat and and dry when she acts i wasn't a big fan of her in transformers She's awesome in this movie. Her part is perfect. Have you, you haven't seen this movie or no? No, I was gonna say I'm not. I don't know if I'm really the biggest fan of like Leslie Mann. So I'm like ah, especially she, too. This was perfect for her. Maybe because I remember her being like really whiny and knocked out. <laughs> yeah, she she is, but in this one, it's kind of more. Uh, it kind of dives in more to the family. The two dads are John Lithgow for her and Albert Brooks, um, who's I always forget his name, but who plays Marlin in Finding Nemo. So he has that very distinct voice. Jason Segel's in it, dude. He's hilarious. She, <laughs> I don't know. You got to watch it. Maybe I'm the only one out there because I don't remember getting a lot of great reviews. I mean, if you're looking at it alone, it's probably about half and half across the board, but I really liked it. And if you've got Netflix, you can check it out there. Uh, as far as what I've been playing, um, there's a game that's, I believe, still on the Game Pass, maybe till the end of the month. It's called The Artful Escape. It is uh, a platform video game developed by um, uh, Beethoven and Dinosaur and published by Annapurna Interactive. It's a... 
you, you play this kid in this fake town called Calypso, Colorado, where you play this kid named Francis Vendetti, and he's... It's a pretty the, cool name. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> and he plays the nephew of this guy named Johnson Vendetti, who's deceased at this point, but he's a folk music legend, and after the 20th um, year of his death, you're supposed to go up there and play songs, but you're, you're not really into folk music. He, like, he wants to like rock and try all kinds of new things, and then... So the night before the concert, this um, you meet this chick named Violetta, or Violetta, and... Uh, she takes you on like this cosmic adventure where, dude, it's it's bright, it's colorful, it's like very psychedelic. Music is a big key aspect in it. Like it is this platform game, and you can completely like play this guitar the whole time. But it does kind of have this this crazy storyline. At the end, I wouldn't call them boss fights, but you've got to like you got to play for these aliens. So it's got like these five buttons set up, and they'll do it. It's kind of like Simon. They'll play one, and then you got to match it, and then they'll do it. It's kind of hard sometimes because sometimes they'll flash and you don't know if it stopped or if it moved to the other one. But it's kind of like a platform, like Guitar Hero. So I wouldn't say it's the one of the best games I've ever played, but it is definitely one of the most unique games I've ever played. So if you're interested in, in something that's not like anything really you've played before, I would say check it out. At this point, it is on every system and looking at its ratings, it's got it's ranked pretty high. It's got a lot of nines. So if Dartful Escape is something you're looking forward to um, play that's just different. I would say definitely check that out. But uh, oh, and um, we're doing more reviews now on Instagram. Gino just had one for Salasta that he beat. Um, I'll probably hopefully have the Artful Escape full review for our Instagram hopefully up tomorrow. So I, of course, don't ever play or watch anything at all. <laughs> I did start something new, and it sucks too because I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna jump into The Walking Dead. I'm gonna jump into The Walking Dead. But instead, I started up Plague Tale. Because that's getting taken off the Game Pass on the 15th. And I was like, oh, that's always looked really good. Fantastic. And the game. new one comes out on the 15th. And I'm... Which like, is the one, Requiem or something? Yeah. I'm like two or three hours into it. I'm actually really liking it. I didn't know that... It, I always thought it knew kind of about like the rats and it being like a Black Plague thing. But I didn't realize like you're being like hunted down yeah. by like the like church and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, this is a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm really enjoying it. It almost kind of... I don't want to say, like, compare it to, like, Assassin's Creed, but as well as when you play, like, in, like those classic like Assassin's Creed, like, two, like, you really kind of feel in that world. I feel like they really nail the world in this one. I'm like, oh, man, this is really cool. It totally feels like you're, you're in the crusade, you know, with whatever the hell is going on. I don't know yet because I'm not that far in. But I think it's super. Are you watching? So a, are you watching a Maka's guide with it? No, I'm not doing. I, I I just have a guide pulled up just for the collectibles, just so I know where to like grab everything, so that way I don't have to go back. But other than that, I'm not reading like ahead on anything. Oh, yeah, because so. yeah, I beat that game a while ago, and I, I'm glad you're playing it because it's. I, I thought it was awesome. I wish I would have played it the year it came out because it probably would have been on my games for the year the only thing i gotta say is that uh that the box art was just that's what always turned me off every time i would see it in game pass i'm like what is this you know i see all this is like their faces like i wish it would have showed a little more of kind of like the shadowy aspect of it but yeah once you get playing it it gets going i don't think i like i'd maybe seen some footage of it but i maybe i didn't and i kind of knew what it was i just always pictured it maybe a little bit more like what Telltale's like The Walking Dead yeah, is. Yeah, more of a sim than a, than an action stealth game. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want that. But I do like in a way that it almost is like a Walking Dead in a style of like, even though you're not talking to people and there's decisions, but you just have this segmented areas. Right. And it's crazy that this plays so much better than what The Walking Dead did. Definitely. But uh, as far as watching anything, I haven't watched anything too crazy, but I did catch the World Series of Warzone. So for any of you guys out there, obviously, that follow the show, I'm a big Warzone fan. I highly recommend going back and checking it, maybe from some of your favorite people like Z Laner, Dr. Disrespect, 
Biffle, Tim the Tapman. They had like solos, teams. I think there's like $600,000 in prizes altogether. And I think it's just pretty cool to go through and see high-end gameplay even though sometimes some people tend to rat it out and just sit there with like a, a riot shield and a ppsh but then it's funny to see normally a pro that'll you know you watch them decimate in a normal game and end up like 30 or 40 kills to be, struggle to get two kills on this because now everybody is on that level so it's super interesting to watch so i highly recommend going to checking out some gameplay how long is it last for us so i'm trying to look up is it is it a certain time or is it over you know what i wasn't sure because i just seen a lot of people like uploading different things about it so i've just been watching different pieces about it as far as i know i thought it was done yeah because yeah, it looks like the last one was just on um the seventh so yeah prize pool 300 grand the one before that yeah that was really cool i didn't really know that they did a world series of Warzone, but of course, why wouldn't they? It's Call of Duty, biggest game in the world. Why wouldn't they do something cool like that? Yeah, so it, it's super dope. Um, like I said, get out there and check it out if that's something you're interested in. See some really high-end gameplay. Nice. So, guys, um, leave down below what you've been playing, what you've been watching. Andrew and I really love reading that kind of stuff and responding to that kind of stuff. So if this is as far as you make it in the episode, at least do us that favor and drop down what you guys are doing. Because sometimes we like discovering something new and sometimes you know word of mouth is the best way to discover that so yeah always leave recommendations yeah because i think i was talking with devin and after we did the salasta coverage he's like oh i now i'm going to check that game out because it's something you guys brought to my attention so you know keep it keep, keep it moving so um let's get into our main topic guys and that is that the ubisoft forward for 2022 just um, arrived showing off a lot of upcoming games and updates so it's about an hour and a half you can find that link in the description below if you want to watch it all the main thing andrew and i want to dive into is going to be the assassin's creed games because that was kind of the highlight of the show but i will take a second just to kind of mention some of the things that it had and if there's anything you want to point out we'll kind of stop and right. and, and talk about it but uh, the first thing they did, they showed off Mario Rabbids Spark of Hope. Um, there's not enough I can say. I'm gushing about this game. I cannot wait to play it. I kind of, when I was watching it, I kind of skipped over because I don't need to see any more. And it was a big chunk. It was probably at least a good 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, I'm already hooked. I don't need to see too much more. I, we were kind of bringing up. Was there anything in particular that you want to just make sure people know about? I watched it and I think I actually might. I didn't really care for the first one. But after seeing this and they were doing like the Wiggler boss fight, I was like, you know what? I might jump in on this one because it looked pretty cool. It looked fun. Normally those kind of games aren't really for me. But I don't know. Just seeing this one looked really fun i think the only negative thing i would say about it is i hate when people come out obviously the game's not out so we don't have a score we don't even know if it's good or anything like that but like plus we have dlc coming down the road and they're teasing the dlc like it's just, oh man i should be so excited to pay more for whatever but i don't even have the base game to know how good the game is yet <laughs> so that's the only negative thing i could say about it but other than that i think the game looked great bright colorful just as good as the first one and i almost feel like maybe i'm missing out because i didn't play it i think either i own it or gino own it so if it is something you want to catch up on before it releases um you can i loved it it's a great tactical rpg utilizing mario and luigi and all these guys which is something i was saying that i don't know why they aren't doing more of it i never i never understood why so much rpgs for mario was trapped like on the 3ds and the, and the handhelds and stuff it's like bring more pour all that shit over to, to the switch and let me play it so uh, the next one they showed off was skull and bones which i know is catching a lot of people's radar it, it looks it's it looks bigger and more um, open worldish than I kind of originally took it as. I don't know how much is it, this is going to be able to compete with something that kind of owns that space of like Sea of Thieves, but it definitely looks cool and it's something that if we did want to try it, I mean, it'd be a game that I, I wouldn't be opposed to. I might try it. I <laughs> would just want to be like a villain though, like and just grief everybody. I think that seems like that would maybe be the only interesting part of the game for me, but I wasn't too crazy about it. I'm just like, ah. Uh. Next. And maybe I think I'm over it because I'm tired of seeing Sea of Thieves at like every fucking event. There you go. So even though it's completely different art styles, but. 
The next one they had was um, Division Heartland and then more about Season 10 and 11. If you're in the Division, there's that for you. Um, Rainbow Six Mobile. Not really interested in anything really mobile, but uh, yeah. pass. Um, they did mention that Netflix, they're going to be getting a couple new games, which is Valiant Hearts 2 and Mighty Quest I heard Part that. Two. I was really surprised at the Valiant Hearts 2. Yeah, so I'm glad that they're kind of growing in that space and that they're going to be doing a new show for Assassin's Creed and then Assassin's Creed Jade, which we'll dive into in a little bit more. They showed off the Season 3 uh, for Mythic Quest, which if you have not started Mythic Quest, Definitely go check it out. Have you? Did you watch it? It's on. No, because uh, it's you saw it on Apple, Apple TV. Yeah, so still uh, Dante's passcode and uh, and get in there. Um, they showed off Trackmania, which I've never even really heard of. But I guess it's a racing game. I thought it was like a bike game or something, but it was a it was a car game that's was normally on PC that I think they're now porting finally to console. And then I think they were ending it with Just Dance twenty twenty three, which. I didn't even know those games were still going, but apparently they are. I know. I was watching them, and he's like, oh, man, I'm so excited to talk. I'm like, no, you're not, man. Like, just be real about it. Like, I just don't understand why you guys say, hey, we have this to show you, too. Like, don't give me that. Oh, this was my favorite game of the show. So that is what they showed off. So let's kind of dive into more of what, you know, the meat and potatoes uh, were. So they had their whole showcase where they were kind of showing off all of the Assassin's Creed and kind of the timeline of what they're going to be cruising through. So... Starting first um, is the Assassin's Creed codename Infinity. Now, this was something that was being talked about a few years ago. At that time, we were all under the assumption that it was a video game, and it turns out that it's kind of a little more than that. So, and this article comes from Xbox.com. So, it says, Red and Hexy, which we'll dive into in a minute, will both be part of Assassin's Creed codename Infinity, a hub that will connect players through different types of Assassin's Creed experiences, old and new. Infinity will also bring multiplayer back to Assassin's Creed with a standalone experience. So my first thought was, okay, that's cool to bring back the multiplayer because I actually like the Assassin's Creed multiplayer. I, thought I didn't was, try it. Oh, it was a cool kind of like, it was almost like a uh, one person was it and you had to go find all the other assassins that were either hiding or kind of running around. At least that's the one I remember playing. But the fact that they're only mentioning Red and Hexy as part of the Infinity, I'm just kind of curious, okay, well, why wouldn't it? The other two, Mirage and Red, be kind of in it. So I get that kind of more games are leaning towards these hubs because that's obviously what like Call of Duty does now with its Warzone and everything being connected. But and Assassin's Creed, I think, has the catalog to where it can build into something like that. So I, I mean, it seems like they they kind of want to build this thing into like permanently around. And, and but what do you think the old and new experience are going to be? I mean, it's it's a cool idea. I just I'm kind of curious of what it is. The way maybe I was thinking of it, because I wasn't really comparing it to Call of Duty, because Call of Duty, they're all like kind of combined together. Just when you launch one, you go to different, you choose different which one you want to play, but you don't have like a base experience. But the way maybe this was explained to me and what I kind of almost thought of it would be like Destiny 2's The Tower. Like, you know, you load up The Tower, you can do stuff there, you can go play multiplayer from there, but from there, let's say if it was a lot bigger, the moon would be hexy. Mars would be in or in red or something like that. That you have your base experience where you can go play multiplayer and maybe have a standalone experience or something like that by yourself without purchasing these other mm, games. Yeah, and okay. If you do purchase the other games, just like if you purchase the DLC for the Witch Queen, okay, cool. Now it's just unlocked as part of this big experience, and I could just go straight there. Okay, that makes so, sense. So now that I'm playing Destiny Two, now I get exactly what you're saying. That's, that's why I brought that up. I was like, that is maybe my. The way I took it. Okay. As. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot more sense, and I, I can see that being yeah a perfect description of it. Because I think that would be a cool idea, and I can understand that because then maybe that is like okay, 
I'm in modern time or whatever the hell, and then I can get into the Animus, and the Animus is, again, like, the tower with my base experience, and then you can choose to go and do whatever it yeah. is you want to. Like, different game modes based on different games. So. Yeah, so I, I like the way, the idea of them kind of all being connected together like that. In theory, in practice, I hope it doesn't end up like when, again, Modern Warfare and Warzone and all that, they don't have a base experience like a tower, but you can switch from game to game to game to game, but it caused a lot of problems for a long time. Okay, perfect. So, I mean, Infinity's going to be where they're starting with, and they're going to start putting some of their stuff there. I like the multiplayer. So, the next thing I want to get into that, uh, um, I mean, isn't for us, but I mean, we'll at least acknowledge it, is the Assassin's Creed codename Jade. Now, uh, let's see. The Assassin's Creed franchise is getting a new mobile entry set in ancient China called Assassin's Creed Jade. According to Ubisoft, it will feature classic Assassin's Creed gameplay and will take place in an open world that was built to work well with touch controls. In addition to sharing that Assassin's Creed Jade will let players create their own assassin protagonist for the first time ever in the series, Jade will also let players explore China in the year 215 BCE and even parkour across the Great Wall of China. So... Mobile games are completely. I'm not even interested in. Yeah. But but that sounds cool though. You get to you get to make your own um, assassin. You get to go to China, which is going to be you know probably a cool place to to run around and jump. around. I was like, why waste this on mobile? That was and not put it on too, console. Yeah. Like why why are they getting the feature? Well, again, I guess I'm not trying to be like they, but it's like why wouldn't you take that concept that sounds awesome and put that in more games? Why is that limited to be on a mobile device? Yeah, that was my thoughts of it, too. I'm like, ah, I've never really cared for mobile. Like, I really don't want to play games on my phone. I guess there is a market for that. I mean, there has to be. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. But it just sucks that you take almost what would have been one of the cooler concepts. And now I feel like it's, like, wasted. You know, you should have maybe done it with, like, maybe something you've already done. Like, something with, like, Black Flag and the Islands or something like that. Because that's already been done. And you can play Black Flag on a console experience without missing out. That that, um, unless it rivals one of the other things we're talking about. So who knows? Maybe this other experience will be better that I won't feel like I missed out. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. But uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, the, it's just being bogged down by immobile. So it's like something that sounds cool that I want to play. I just never will because it's just because just of the platform that it's on. So um, the next one they showed off was Assassin's Creed codename Hexy. And um, this is on Games Radar. And it kind of described a little more of what it was. And it says... Assassin's Creed Hexi is described by Ubisoft's Mark Alexis Coat as the as a new flagship title in the series, one which will be a very different type of Assassin's Creed game. That much is evident from the tone of the reveal, which opens with ominous music and dead leaves floating from rotting trees, a far cry from the bombast that has been typically associated with Assassin's Creed reveal trailers in the past. If this looks like anything to go by, Assassin's Creed Hexi could be the darkest installment to the series yet. Now... Were they saying this was supposed to be set during the like the Roman witch trial days or something like that? Is that kind of what it was revolving around and era wise? You know, I'm not really kind of too sure. I I feel like I don't want to say I missed this one, but maybe I did because that's the one that like I least kind of knew about. Yeah, and I, I'm not, I mean that aside, I guess I like the fact that it's going to be a darker one and the fact that they're saying it's gonna be a flagship means that it's not the one-off it's not the spin-offs it's going to be a main one in this series and it is cool that they're bringing something new because a lot of times it gets into this 
kind of, you know, like the next two we're going to talk about, is it going to be an open world like Origins or is it going to be more narrative focused like Brotherhood? The fact that they're kind of going, okay, now let's make a third option that a new Assassin's Creed can kind of pursue. I kind of like that idea in exploring that. I think from what I saw online too, this one is maybe supposed to, I don't want to say like go off and go crazy with it, but be a little more supernatural than some of the other ones. Like how they kind of included some of that stuff in like Odyssey where you're fighting like the Medusa and whatever. I think there was, but this was supposed to be the one that maybe deals a little bit more with that versus being is grounded yeah let me maybe see. not going off the rails i would assume so this dives into a little more and it says um that uh bloomberg has suggested that the game will be set in central europe during the 16th century a pivotal time in history a sort of mass hysteria gripped the continent as 80,000 people were executed all for the crime of being in league with the devil hearsay fear and spectral evidence were Driving forces behind the devastating 16th century witch trials. Yeah, so it looks like they're going to be focused on something. It almost looks like the game, it's because usually these are going, most of these games are going against Templar or bigger organizations or finding relics like the Apple of Eden, where it's almost like this game, the content will be in, in and of itself focused on what the time was going through, not the Brotherhood versus like the Templars, which again sounds like a pretty cool and new idea, which I think Assassin's Creed needs desperately. Yeah, no, I think that. Actually, having heard that, I think that sounds a lot fresher. Yeah, because I don't remember them diving too much into it, but maybe maybe that was the one I went to the bathroom and just kind of miss Hexy. But yeah, so that one does sound uh, pretty cool. So um, the next one is Assassin's Creed Codename Red. Assassin's Creed Codename Red is being developed by Ubisoft Quebec, makers of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, with creative director Jonathan Dumont. The game will be the next evolution of Assassin's Creed open-world RPG design and take players to the long-awaited setting of feudal Japan. So I think they're a little late on the boat. I think we're glad that they're finally getting there. But Ghost of Tsushima set a pretty high bar. And I'm not saying Assassin's Creed can't match or surpass it, but it better not come under it or it's going to get murdered, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this game, as soon as it comes out, is instantly going to be compared to something like that. I do want to point out that this game is from the team that made Odyssey. So that's kind of why they're stressing. They kept saying that throughout the, the presser that, you know, we're making different games for different people. We have games for people who want the classic style of Assassin's Creed. And this is a game for people who are more into Origins and Odyssey, what we did. And I personally love Odyssey. I think that's actually my favorite Assassin's Creed that I'm super stoked. To, they were saying you could be a shinobi and have all these different ways to go through. I see a lot of people that are down on it because of that kind of RPG mechanic, like what Odyssey and Origins was. And I really liked it a lot, so I'm super excited for this. And I think that maybe that suits this sort of gameplay I was having, or this gameplay, because if you're Shinobi, you should have a million different ways to fight people or assassinate someone or whatever than just my one blade and that's it. I feel like that's a little bit more for the next game. Well, I think they kind of realize, you know, that there's two different types of Assassin's Creed players. There's, I mean, you and it's you can't argue that the Origin, or the open RPG are the ones that have sold more but i think they're finally looking at it going okay well let's just do both let's make one that's for the big open world rpg players that you know if you do like valhalla and origins and odyssey well, here's another one for you and then we're the next one we're going to talk about assassin's creed mirage this one will be kind of like the traditional um assassin's creed style so uh, i mean I, I have no problem that now they're doing both because i was kind of getting to the point where i'm like well i hope they don't continue j only making right these big ones so let's dive into what assassin's creed mirage is and that is the biggest one that they showed off during the uh, forward event and that says a shorter more narrative driven game than recent entries in the series assassin's creed mirage takes place 20 years before the events of assassin's creed valhalla as players meet a 17 year old basim now voiced by lee 
Majdub, and excuse me if I butcher that name or these names, struggling with nightmarish visions and uh, living life as a cunning street thief. Fortunately, Basim, the hidden ones, including his mentor, Russian, voiced by Shore Aghashalu, <laughs> see his potential and help him flee Baghdad to the hidden ones, fortress of Alamat. As he learns their mysterious rituals and powerful tenets, he will hone his unique abilities, discover his true nature, and come to understand a new creed, one that will change his fate in ways he never could have imagined. So I, th- I don't know if this is the first time they've done it, but I like the fact that they're doing a prequel to somebody that we've met and what his journey was to becoming um, a master assassin, right? Because this is the one from Valhalla, like they were saying. And surprisingly enough, he had a lot of fans like loved him. A lot of people liked going and doing his quests and stuff. So how do you feel about Basim or do you have any other kind of thoughts on it? I actually was not excited on this when oh. I heard about it at first because stuff had leaked about it before. I was like, this game was supposed to be DLC for AC Valhalla that kind of took on a life of its own. So I'm like, man, that's already kind of like lame too because I didn't like Valhalla. Basim was cool, but am I really that interested? And again, we were kind of, I don't want to say bad mouthing, but dogging on it before. I'm like, how cool could like Baghdad be? Like, it doesn't sound that exciting. But as soon as they showed the trailer for this, they knew exactly what they were doing because it looks just like the roots of Assassin's Creed 1. And where they really got me to, I was like, okay, this looks cool. I'm already on board. But when they really got me is hopefully, especially when they're talking about going back to the roots as far as making it heavy story-wise, is when he pulls out the feather to mark his kill with the blood again. I'm like, damn, okay, now bring I'm totally it, in. Hey, because that bring was it back. Like, bring it back. That was always one of my favorite parts of the beginning is when you're kind of all the weird conspiracy stuff and then you're collecting their blood, but then you have that moment where you're talking to them and, you know, that's when the story really kind of takes a turn and, and oh man, I, I'm super excited for this yeah, one. Yeah, because I like the old school Assassin's Creed that are that were kind of more grounded where the newer ones have all kind of taken on this very, like, mythological approach where you're fighting gods and all this stuff. Where I liked it where the there was a little magic and stuff to it, but it was these ancient artifacts that was kind of the conspiracy that you're hunting right. for and doing things. It, I mean, as much as I love Greek mythology and Egyptian gods and things, it's like that kind of strayed away from me. So I do like that they're kind of leaning back into um, this direction of Assassin's Creed. And again, I think Assassin's, Ubisoft's kind of looking at it like we're taking care of everybody now. There's going to be a little something um, for everyone. But and with that being said, I almost wonder, you know, is this too much Assassin's Creed or I mean... I was going to say the same thing. I mean, as far as back to having something for everyone, when I was seeing it, I was like, oh, you know what? That's perfect now because it's almost like what Sega did with Yakuza because Yakuza is like a JRPG now. But then you have judgment for people who want the brawler. So now you can get the best of both worlds because I actually loved their JRPG. But yeah, as soon as this was ending too, because I was already kind of over some other news that was coming out from other outlets as far as like other things we'll get into. I'm like, man. I'm over that the same way I'm over Star Wars. I'm over just having all these things at once that just in this one press, I'm like, man, am I over Assassin's Creed? Like, it's just so oversaturated now. But I am excited for this. I think something that has me more excited for just Mirage alone is they did say this is going to be the first one where there is no contemporary modern gameplay. So you're not going to be doing anything in a modern time. It's only going to be whatever it is that yeah, you're so you won't be like that. There'll be no Desmond or anything like that. You'll just be in the assassin world. Right. And I always felt like that was some of the weaker... That definitely is the weaker parts in the later Assassin's Creed is doing the modern time stuff. Especially because now they're just going off the rails and I don't even know what is supposed to be happening. When it was with Desmond, I felt like it kind of made sense and that was cool. And then, spoiler, like if you never 
played it. You've had 20 years now. After he died, I just felt like that's when, like, the modern timeline just, like, went off the fucking deep end. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening, and I kind of don't really care either. Yeah, because there's one, they start doing the one with the girl and um, her team, but I, I forget which is, wasn't there one Assassin's Creed where you were just a person moving to the Animus? Like, you never had a voice, you never talked to anybody. Like, it was there just because they had to, like, shoehorn a reason of why you're getting into the animus i don't know i thought it was always kind of weird so it is kind of cool that they're kind of i want to say abandoning that. Isn't that how valhalla started I, I forget which one exactly it was but it's good that they're not i mean they're just cutting off what i think is unnecessary at this point we all know what the animus is we all know what's required but now they're just diving okay well people want to play just the assassin aspect of it so um anything else you want to add on that no I, do you feel that there's too much assassin's creed well, especially after this with the netflix <laughs> announcement as well of a show too well as far as uh, and i didn't watch the movie so i can't say if the movie is good that a show would be a better live adaptation. a show i thought a show is always better when you're digging into this much lore where a movie an hour and a half you know you could do seasons i'm telling this did you watch the movie? i, I like the movie it got bombed on I, I i might be alone in that camp as well i didn't love it but i mean i right. thought it was fine but it also depends because I don't remember them saying too many dates. It depends on how spread out this is. Oh, I do want to say there is nothing coming this year. Mirage is slated to come out in 2023. Right, Valhalla, so... Yeah, because Valhalla is a couple years old now. And they did have another piece on there. They were doing what's called, I think, the final chapter. Yeah, like which DLC. Is, yeah, which it. is going to um, finish out hit that story. So as long as this isn't all dropped in the same like year or two and it's spread out then i feel like it's it won't be enough i just feel like they're kind of going hey make sure you, we've got 2024 ready 25 26 20, you know whatever years they're going to do it but again though i think they're kind of just covering their all their bets they're going hey if you want to play assassin's creed on your phone here's a pretty cool one because i thought that looked cool if you want to play the big odyssey type one here's this one if you want to play the narrative one here's this one if you want to wait and go you know what neither of those are for me but let me check out what this new stealthy or dark one looks like i'll wait for hexy so I wouldn't say there's too much because they're all different. You know what I mean? All four of what we're talking about are different games just with the same name. As long as they don't all drop at once. I think the rumor for this one, besides 2023, is it's supposed to be between... <coughs> excuse me. My baby. Is, uh, between like March and July, I think, is when this game is supposed to drop. Okay. Which would be nice. I think normally Assassin's Creed drops towards more the end of the year right i believe it's so yes sir yeah this one launches in 2023 but i think mirage is the only one with a date though right so that's the only one with even some sort of timeline like i said the leaked idea is between march and july which i want to say normally these games launch in like october November. yeah because i think that's when valhalla came out that's what and it was such a long game so with all of these these four which one has you the most excited i think codename red just because i really want to see what that japan world is like mirage would be second but it'd be like right right there though yeah see i'm gonna take hexy because i want to see what new means i want to see flagship game with new mechanics and new something that's not your traditional assassin's creed i'm curious of what that looks like so i would say hexy for me probably mirage second because i i like the more narrative ones but red is definitely you know something i'm looking forward to um yeah so that's it is there anything else you want to add on any of the assassin's creed stuff that we didn't kind of tackle in the debate here no. All right, guys. So <laughs> leave your thoughts down below of what you think about all the Assassin's Creed. Is it too much for you? Is it too little for you? Which one caught your eye? And again, I, I just like the fact that all four of those, even though they're all Assassin's Creed, are a little bit different enough from each other that it could capture a different type of gamer. So, uh, guys, that is our main story. So we're going to move into 
questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to submit a question that Andrew and I can read on the show, you can either leave them in the YouTube comments down below, you can email us at lastcallproductions at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on social media at Craig Perales, which I can take it there, and we will add them. So, and again, ask about anything. It doesn't have to be video game related. It can be about anything you want to hear Andrew and I uh, discuss. So, the first question comes from Simply Penny, and they write, I just beat Elden Ring and thought it was great. I was curious what the next thing from that world would be and was surprised it was going to be a manga that emphasizes comedy. Did you see this? So, yeah, I thought this was kind of a an interesting take, too. Um, actually, before we get to this, Andrew, you've, you've beaten Elden Ring. I haven't even started yet. Is, is a manga a cool idea to be the next thing that's out of Elden Ring? Is that something you would have wanted? And is comedy damper that, heighten it? Is it? Are you okay with it? I would have to read it because this is an official thing. I just couldn't. Yeah, at. I just couldn't see it as comedy though. That I'm just like, ah, oh, does that like really kill the world for me? I don't know. I'd have to go through and read it. But I think manga would do it justice because there have been people before who do do their own art. And I've read like unofficial stuff of like Dark Souls 3 or whatever. And they did really good work on it to where it totally meant sense. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. And I enjoy reading something like this because then you're, again, you're getting more lore that that's the beauty of like these games I, you played them is that there's so much that's open for interpretation that you can really kind of take it any sort of way. I, I think that that is a good idea. Again, I don't know about the comedy. I know there's a bit of it out, so I would have to read it before I judge it. I know that comedy put me off, so I did not read it. You said you did read yeah, it. What yeah. did you so, think? I actually, let me read this to you guys real quick where you can find it if you guys are interested in this. from And this comes from IGN. It says, as reported by PC Gamer, the manga is available for free online in 12 languages and published by From Software's parent company, Katakawa. It follows a C... A wretched, tarnished, the naked starting character from Elden Ring as he navigates the weird and wonderful world of the lands between. Uh, while just two chapters are available now, the manga will evolve over time with the release of new episodes on the 4th and the 19th of each month. Um, so, I did read it, and because uh, I was curious about it. So, it looked, the designs are awesome. Like, it starts off, I don't, I mean, I don't read a ton of manga, so I don't know if that's kind of, oops, sorry, I got that, but sorry about that, guys. If it's, because it starts off in color, and then it goes to black Gray. and white, yeah, so... But I would say the the designs, all the drawings are are awesome. Since I haven't played Elden Ring, I wasn't really sure who they were talking about or where they were going. As far as the comedy goes, at least from what I got out of it, it seems like they're really just kind of focusing on this main dude here and that he's just kind of dumb. So he'll just kind of say stupid stuff. He had like bottles of like wine like glued to his ass or something. So it's just, I mean, I get if that's kind of the funny thing, but like everyone else, I don't remember them really saying it. Like she's talking to her horse. The, that Marine or Malene girl, she shows up at the Millennia. end. The only thing that I, I would consider, I guess, being funny would be just kind of the guy being a little dumb. And I only read the first one, so I haven't read the second one. I don't know if maybe other characters kind of get into that, but um, it was cool. And the link is there. It's easy to get to. Once I popped it up, it just it probably, you can scroll through it. So if it's free and it's that accessible, I probably will check it out. I'm wondering, though, after you read it, should you play Elden Ring before you even do this? Or is it in tandem with itself? I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear what your thoughts on that. Because I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm spoiling anything for myself. Or maybe this is the proper way to do it and then play the game. I would say that almost looks like the intro to the game right there as far as like that cutscene goes. But I'd probably recommend playing the game first no matter what. Because you don't want to have some of that stuff spoiled for you. Not that there's really too much that can can be. Because again, it's if you expect anything from Dark Souls, Elden Ring, you know what you're kind of getting into. 
But there is some stuff I guess that could be. I really want you to play this game. Oh, I'm waiting. Up. You tell me when you got. You're playing Destiny 2. You're playing Call of Duty. And, uh, I'll drop the, Destiny no 2 for you to do <laughs> like Elden Ring. That. How fast do you think we could burn through it? I don't a couple know. Weekends? Probably, yeah, probably pretty quick. Let's uh, let's uh, let's book it on the calendar. The next couple Sundays, assuming no one's out of town, that we at least put like a like a five six hour block on it, and then we can kind of link up and do that. Yeah, I would love to do that. Nice. So thank you for the question, guys. Definitely go check it out if that's something you're interested in. The next question comes from Neil V, and they write: uh, Game Informer showed off some God of War Ragnarok gameplay. Nothing too crazy, but some of the abilities they discussed sounded pretty cool, and the locations looked nice. Did you get a chance? To check this out yeah Andrew was the one that actually sent that to me so let me just read this real quick for my gen that kind of um, talks about what they were showing off and it says the footage shown revealed a giant industrialized dwarven realm complete with technical marvels like mine pits artificial water channels and sprawling cities which will no doubt lead to a number of environmental puzzles the gameplay footage shows Kratos freezing geysers with Leviathan uh, the, the Leviathan axe and breaking obstacles with the blades of chaos uh, Svartalheim will also make use of the canoe as Kratos and Atreus are shown traveling through city by boat. However, Game Informer tees that other methods of travel may also be used to get through Svartalheim. So, um, you sent me the, the trailer first. So, what were your initial thoughts on, on seeing what God of War has to offer? I thought it looked good. I mean, it's not like a massive upgrade from the last one since the last one just barely came out. But I think it does look like it runs a lot better and seems like maybe a little bit more... I don't want to say that the first one was clunky, but, you know, when you're doing something new, it's kind of hard to figure out the movement that this seems a little bit... Way polished. Yeah, it's got a lot more polish to it. So I like it. I'm actually really excited to give it a go. Yeah, I thought it looked good. I mean, because it, it just makes you look remember everything you loved about 2018's version. I liked it, the fact that the Blades of Chaos and the Axe are going to be prominent early on. It seems like you're, now you're going to have both options to play them. Uh, one of the things I liked that they were saying was um, there's going to be a, an ability. I forget what he called it, but if you're holding the triangle or whether you're smashing it, whatever um, weapon you have, it's going to start pumping elemental um, status into it. So like one's going to be ice and one's going to be fire. So that's kind of a cool thing that they're kind of implementing with the weapons. Uh, the other thing they were showing off is that they're doing map actions that you can, um, or actions with the pad that you can map certain things too so they were saying like if you want to do it to where when you hit the pad it triggers like a navigation that'll point you straight to the um next destination um that you could you could use that button to trigger your spartan rage to do shield strike so it seems like these kind of quality of life improvements that you can do seem to be way more incorporated and i like that that's where we're going moving forward especially on on these these big triple a you know ps5 xbox three um uh, series x game so versus let's just throw it all in the graphics and that's it yeah, yeah so i'm super excited about it and can't wait i believe it's still set to come out in the end of november november 9th so if you guys are looking forward to that check it out um anything else on god of war nope all righty guys so the third and final question comes from uh jesse r and they write uh d23 showed off a ton of new stuff but the video game showcase between marvel and disney was very, I'm sorry, very disappointing. I feel like they didn't know what they were doing. Any thoughts? Um, I sent it to you. I don't know if you watched it. After I watched it, I was like, man, this was a hot mess. There wasn't much of anything that was worth consequences to. There was a Mickey Mouse game that looked kind of cool, um, where you can play Disney uh, or Mickey, Goofy, Minnie, and Donald, and it looks like they got their own kind of powers or abilities. But I don't like the design. It looks like old, like new school Disney versus old school Disney, but. One of the things that pissed me off is they go, oh, world premiere, and they splat. All that happens is the Tron Infinity logo comes up, 
and then it fades away and nothing, no game. I'm like, I'm like, that's not a world premiere. Yeah, it's a fucking Twitter announcement. Like, and then the host, I don't even know who he was. He was pretty annoying for me, but I didn't care for it. Yeah, either. the one thing that kind of caught my eye is that uh, Amy Henning's new game was shown off and without a title. The new Untitled Captain America and Black Panther game was announced, and it says uh, perhaps the biggest announcement that came with the reveal that the game starring both Captain America and Black Panther was in development from Skydance Interactive, the developers of The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners. Even more interesting is that the game is set during World War II as Steve Rogers will be teaming up with T'Challa's grandfather, Azuri. Apart from the exciting teaser trailer, no gameplay details, release date, or even a title were revealed, so we'll have to keep an eye out for this unexpected team-up. But one of the things um, I I, I kind of was diving into, because it's showing that you're going to play... Um, these four different characters, obviously Captain America and Black Panther, but one of them is going to be the Howling Commando member, Gabe Jones, and a Dora Milaje warrior. So you thought co-op was probably going to be a big thing for this, and Amy Henning um, goes out of her way to say, um, when when asked um, for the Untitled Marvel game if it was a co-op title, they respond, narratively, yes, gameplay mechanics-wise, no. So thoughts on the game in, in its entirety, but do you think that's a missed opportunity for a game that's relying on a four-player team-up system i don't know because i don't even care for like any of whatever it is they're talking about the uh and for those of you that maybe didn't see either you don't uh you're not playing as t'challa either you're playing as his grandfather i think it's like azuri or a nerd I, I forget what his name is yeah i mentioned that right there yeah his grandfather azuri and um i just i don't know i just don't care for it as soon as i heard it, i was like this just sounds so uninteresting it doesn't sound like it'd be great and two, it's coming from the people who did that Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game. As far as I remember, I don't remember that game really doing well. As far as I thought, I thought it kind of like bombed. So I'm just like, well, that doesn't even give me any more excitement for that game anyway. So I just, I don't know. I don't know what they're really doing with this. Yeah, it's weird that this is Amy Henning's next project. Because you guys got to remember, she was what made a lot of what made Naughty Dog, you know, what it is today. And Wasn't then, she working on like a Star Wars game? Yeah, too? and then she had her Star Wars game that got canceled, which from all reports sounded like it was supposed to be awesome and then that was gone it's weird that this is what they landed on especially with what you're saying with that particular team to help bring it to light and i mean it's cool that we're getting another marvel game i suppose and it's interesting that you're going to pick these particular characters but it's always hard setting things in the past because now certain things just can't exist that we'd be used to in terms of like how the avengers were to function so i'm I'm curious is this going to be part of any other is it a standalone, or is this going to be tied in with anything like the Avengers game, or would it be in the same universe as the Guardians of the Galaxy game, or something like this, or are all the games that we're to get going to be their own universes? I think it's kind of hard too for me because, in a way, like I am like almost like marveled out the same way I'm like Star Wars out, and it's hard for me to say that though. And I think what's even crazier is we know more about this game than I do with the Wolverine game. Wolverine, they just showed me him standing there in a fucking bar. I'm more excited for that than this, and I already know what this game is. Yeah, it's just hard because there's Sony doing quality Marvel games with Spider-Man and Miles Morales and things like that, and then you've got good games like Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians was great. And then you get kind of stinkers like the Avengers game that came out, so it's like I, I have trust in Amy Henning that this game will be good, but who's asking for it? Who's asking for a four-team-up game that's not co-op set in... Set in World War Two, 
And who, I mean, like, what really can you expand on the story of these characters, too? Like, I would have preferred, uh, like, I was Especially great. when two of them are new. If you want to have four people, like, why didn't you do, like, X-Men? Someone far more popular that they have, like, a whole world and there's so many possibilities of what you can do with their story. And that would make sense to have four different people if you're not doing multiplayer because that's four different play styles. I would imagine T'Challa and that Warriors fight not exactly the same because he's a lot stronger because of you know the black panther power but i can't imagine that she's that much different as far as like the hand-to-hand combat or it would have been really interesting they just made a fantastic four game if you're gonna do four players that are all played by a solo point of view and i just don't even get it either like if you're gonna give me these two heroes why do i want to play as anyone else why do i care about a spy like the howling commandos are cool but why do i want to play as them when what, captain yeah. america's there what do either of the other two do better that's better than black panther and Captain america so. yeah so i you already have, like, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, as the spy character for Avengers. Like, it would have made more sense for her to be in here and or a member, somehow a member make of that the Black Widow work. Society or Yeah, like that. make someone like that work would have made far more sense. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, and I'm sure when we see the next trailer and we get a better idea of what actually you're doing and how the game is is progressing we might be like oh i see the vision right but now I, I hate it yeah but on paper i'm just like i i'm not very i'm not that interested in this particular game so uh that is the end of episode 147 guys uh dude i'm at the end this is another notebook that i'm i ran out of do you think one day this will be worth money <laughs> i'm I gonna sell money back i wish i could say the same but i lost mine it's at somewhere so guys that is the end of episode 147 join us next week for episode 148 until then guys my name is craig prowls that is mandrew montemere cheers Yeah, I, I mean, I played Mega Man. I beat them all. Like, when we were in college, we did a whole... Uh, me and a few buddies, we ran through all of them. But I have no idea what the fuck that's about. And I watched that cartoon show so long ago. I don't remember... I just remember he would always get the power, and then it would... And it would zoom into his head, and then he'd be able to blast them. Oh, yeah, But see, he can't keep them, or does it have to go away? Because in the game, it's permanent until you switch it. But in the cartoon, it was almost like he'd have it, and then eventually it would go away. And the next episode, he'd have to re-get it. Or, I, or whatever ability was to beat him for that episode. I don't know. The story was like so weird and like all over the place with it. Because then, even further, like the Game Boy Advance series is like after that, and X is gone, and you're playing as like Zero. But I think Zero was like cast as like a villain or something like that. So a lot of people thought he was dead and think he's this great villain. And I think whoever you're hunting turns out to be X. But he's been infected. I I don't know, man. It's all over the place. I fell down like a really big like Wikipedia hole one day. <laughs>